0: Hello, this is Kristen. And,
1: I'm Keontae, and,
0: and Keontae, you're listening Keontae, to the Crafted, Crafted Podcast. Podcast. Listen, I think we are getting super good at our introduction there. You know, yeah, we're kinda in unison now. I think so. I think so. And usually I think it's so cringy when couples are in unison. I don't know. I'm well, kinda I'm weird. Cringy. I don't know. It's just like kinda lame, corny, you know? Hmm. That's just me though. Not really. What do you think? No? It's not, not cringy. Really. Like when uh when uh, pastors and their wives, like, they announce something together, I just hate that. Oh. Hate it.
1: <laughs> you're an interesting person.
0: I am a very interesting person.
1: But what's up, y'all? Um, hopefully you guys had a good weekend, um, and hopefully you're having an even great week. It's Thursday, so you're a little bit past half the first week. Really, it's Friday, Junior. So you got tomorrow to, to look forward Not to. Not Friday, Junior. Not Thursday is Friday, Junior, when you got work.
0: Oh, no. I just need it to be Friday every day no because then you just had to work every day i needed to be like saturday every day yeah what's your everyday day that you would choose
1: um uh, well i mean i don't know like i really really i come from like when i used to have to work like the jobs i used to have in the back in the day like having to work weekends and stuff i ain't gonna lie bro. like working weekends is just ugly so i'm just absolutely glad. so i'm glad that i got to not only do i have a monday through friday job but like I got pretty much like a eight to four job. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's the good life. So, Only thing so better weird. than eight to four is like seven to three.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Absolutely. But I don't, man, I just, I can't work no weekend. Honestly, I will never work another weekend or another holiday ever in my life. I refuse. I'll fill you.
1: All right. Let's go ahead and get into our let's get deep question. Um, this is brought to you by, what is the company called?
0: I don't know. What do you mean? What do
1: you mean? This is brought to you by. What do you mean? We ain't even brought to you by because they ain't really sponsoring this. But right. But if you listen it, you can sponsor this, right, us. This is just a good game to get. Like it's a good. This is a game that they have a. They have um. A, they have like a box set of just random questions. They're like um, icebreakers and just you know conversation starters. But they have like a version that's for friends, they have a version for couples, and they have like a late night version for couples too, so it's a good conversation starter.
0: Yeah, and your question's from the Friends edition, right?
1: Yeah, this is from the Friends edition.
0: Okay, Um cool. So
1: this one is, have you ever been in close proximity to a dangerous wild animal? Which one and where?
0: You. Oh my gosh. <laughs> just kidding um have i ever been in close proximity to a dangerous wild animal yeah i almost got attacked by a dog that's not a wild animal is it okay
1: no
0: not really then honestly No, you've
1: been haven't didn't weren't you close to um when you went to denver didn't you like get close to a moose or something like that
0: no i don't i'm no never huh i've never been close to a dangerous wild animal have you yeah a couple of times who what where um, when and why
1: that one time that was
0: dangerous to... though you can't just choose a animal well
1: well, to be quite honest any wild any animals in the wild that that's at least half your size is I feel like that's dangerous
0: not necessarily because you could be like next to a manatee and they don't do nothing but to nobody if a
1: man if a manatee just decide to go crazy, it could become a dangerous animal
0: but they don't go crazy you know uh, who, that's who's the to thing say?
1: The scientists, the nah, researchers. I'm talking about like if you get into the water. And the a leopard. Uh,
0: what's the one shark that doesn't bite people? The the guy said, you literally have to put your hand in the mouth of the like shark and like put it down on you to get bitten. And they said, and if you do that, then you deserve to get bit.
1: Mm, probably like a nurse shark, but I don't feel like those are like half your size. That's what I'm saying. Like something that's something that's at least half your size. Like for example, like if you're in a wilderness and you come across a lynx. Like a lynx is a lynx is kind of, you know, it's a little bit less than
0: like half your size, but it'll tear you up. I don't even know what a lynx is. I'm not going to lie. And that was a really random animal. You know what okay. a lynx is? But okay. did anyway. you come into contact with a lynx or what? No, nah, no.
1: Nah, but one time when we remember when we went to the beach that um, a thousand steps beach, it's like this secret beach in, in Laguna Beach in California. I don't know if it's still so secret anymore, but like how you get to the beach there, they call it a thousand steps because you have to walk down this like. Steep vertical, like wooden staircase. There's not like, actually a thousand steps. I think there was like, I think it's like 600 or something steps. Okay. we ended up being, but anyway, if 600. We went to the beach,
0: yeah, because remember, we counted it when we went. If, if a show in no 600 is I believe like... it was 600.
1: Anyway. He's... Anyway, go- if you're listening, go- just Google a thousand I'm a, steps. I'm going to Google beach, it while you're talking. Go and then ahead. we can find out how many steps there are actually. I'm going to Google anyway, it while you're talking. So we went to this beach. And if if anybody's ever gone to the beach with me, um, well, now that I got kids, I don't really do it as much. But when I was younger, when I used to go to the beach, like, I'm one of the type of people, like, if we're going to get in the water, like, I'm going to get in the water. Like, I'm going a little <laughs> bit far out. You know what I mean? Like, not too crazy, but like I'm going far to where like I gotta kind of uh, tread water a little bit. So anyway, we go to a thousand be- a thousand steps beach, and you know this is before we had we had just I think we probably were married for like a couple years. We don't have any kids yet. Um, it's just us. So I get in the water. I go out, venture out a little, you know, a little deep into the you know off the shore where like I'm starting to tread water. And Kristen is on the shore. Like, I'm I'm facing her while I'm, like, treading water. I'm trying to
0: get ready to collect my insurance money.
1: Yeah, and then so I see her, like, point. or would not. She points. I turn around. And a seal, like, just swims up to me. Pops his head out of water. Like, he's, like, maybe, like, a good, like, six feet from me while I'm in the water. Pops his head out of the water. We look at each other for, like, a minute then he goes a yeah he goes back in the water or i don't know it might have been faster but it felt it felt long uh-huh. you know what i mean but he goes back into the water and he just swims off but he was so close like when he swims off like i can feel the um the you know him creating like his own current swimming away from me so i mean i'm not sure if it's a dangerous animal like seals have teeth I, that's what i'm saying like i feel like any animal that got some teeth like it could become dangerous.
0: There's I don't remember if it's sea lions or seals. One of them is one of them are dangerous and the other one is not. So who knows? That's like
1: that meme where it says, What's the difference between a crocodile and an alligator? <laughs> <laughs> one go bite the hell out of you and one go bite the-, <laughs> the mess out of you. Yeah.
0: That's funny. Um, by the way, you wanna know how many steps a thousand steps beach has, guess Yes, I, like
1: I said, I, I think it was I thought it was like six hundred and some change.
0: <laughs> he thinks like men exaggerate everything, y'all. What? He many, thinks he thinks it? we counted six hundred steps. It is one hundred and fifty-seven steps.
1: Why would they call it a thousand steps? Then if it ain't even close to a thousand,
0: <laughs> that don't even make any sense. I knew it was. I knew it was uh, gonna be something low. Mm. But yeah, okay. So I think we should add a new segment. What do you vote?
1: What's the new segment? First?
0: The random segment, because you a- added a random fact yesterday, and I think your brain is full of random facts, like a snap, like kind of like the Snapple tops. Just give us something, anything that your brain could think <laughs> of. This man has so many random facts, I guarantee you.
1: Well, really, to be quite honest, this is my pastime. Like my pat, she my she always clowns me because she will say that like I just collect random useless facts, which I do because I'm very fa- I'm very fascinated by you know a lot of facts and you know a lot of just random things of that nature that I norm- that normal people don't really think about okay you know? okay so something random off the top of my head do you know do you remember what the what the Hindenburg is
0: a uh, clock
1: no the Hindenburg was a oh. <laughs> the Hindenburg was a pretty much like a hot air balloon Right? Uh-huh. But you know, before like before we had like September eleventh, before we had like all these school shootings and just anything in the world, the Hindenburg used to be the like world's like kind of worst disaster or whatnot. But the Hindenburg was a giant hot air balloon and back in the day before uh airplanes, like an air travel commercial air travel was created, uh-huh. We had hot air balloons and when hot air balloons were created, people thought this was gonna be the future of air travel. So much so that, like, um, older buildings, like, remember when we went to Chicago and we kind of did that tour, there's a building in Chicago that has, like, a hot air balloon or a blimp, um, a blimp-like station where a blimp could fly over and, like, dock on top of the building. And that station was there because back in the day they actually thought that blimps and um, hot air balloons, like, you know, hot air balloon type uh, zeppelins or, or, like, stuff that looks like the Hindenburg, that that was going to be the means of air travel.
0: That's wild, and that's very random.
1: So, yeah, when you look at, like, the the Goodyear blimp, just imagine if there was never any airplanes ever created, that would have been the the means of air travel. But anyway, the Hindenburg is really what canceled out all that because what happened was the Hindenburg was a blimp that was built by the Germans, um, and instead of using, like, just, um, you know, regular hot air, they used to fill theirs up with hydrogen,
0: and so okay.
1: something happened, it had a voyage coming to America, something happened where like, I don't know, maybe it was a spark or something happened, but it, lit, it, it the spark set off, the spark with the hydrogen, it just set off a blaze
0: mm-hmm. and the Hindenburg
1: burnt down to the ground and like, I don't know, I think it was like six seconds or so. For it to completely burn down that fast. Did anybody live? Um yeah, they were actually survivors. Um yeah. because when they were coming in as they were about to as they were coming into America, they were actually like getting ready to land, so they were a little low. So people was jumping. Yeah, off? people was jumping out and they had like ropes, like because since you know, those aren't like airplanes or airplanes that run on a, land on a runway. The blimp would get, with the blimp would get close to where it's gonna land, and then it will let down the ropes. Then there would usually be people on the ground that would pretty much pull the ropes or hold the rope steady while it, it lands. So you have people like sliding down the ropes, um, <laughs> in that nature.
0: Okay. But that's, yeah, that's a
1: random. I mean, I guess that's a random fact.
0: That is a random <laughs> something fact. Something to
1: really know about. But yeah. I mean, I guess the fact in that is that, yeah, that was going to be a means of air travel. So if you go on tours, like I said, we went on a tour in Chicago where they showed us a building that had a um, station like that. But there were also like there's other buildings like around the nation. Like I know there's one in New York, too, that still has that blimp like station docking station on top of a high rise building.
0: OK, interesting, 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 interesting. So let's uh segue right into our forever segment. What do you think? Yeah,
1: let's go.
0: So last week we talked about taboo questions. And so we're continuing it, right? Yeah, let's continue it. Let's continue it. So before I start, do you have any taboo questions for me? Or should I just go on and jump right in? Yeah, just going and
1: jump right in cuz I didn't I didn't I honestly didn't really I had not even been thinking about this all day. I, I, you I, haven't even yeah, busy? Yeah, I thought yeah, well, not well I was I, man, I was busy at work. But I just thought, I was like, oh, you have, we have a bunch more anyway, so
0: we just yeah, finish them out. Yeah, I do. And I just highlighted a couple, so we'll see how many we get through. Um, so, the first one is, how long should a woman wait until she gets engaged? Oh, this is a good one. Um,
1: <laughs> well, I, it's a good one because I think right now, especially, like, in our society, in our generation, I think we're, like, at an interesting point. A, you have people that, like, are trying to get married or, and want to get married. But then, B, you have people that are, like, just low-key don't want to get married. Well, I guess it's not low-key, but high-key don't want to get married.
0: Like, mm-hmm. I've seen a couple
1: people, like, post stuff about, like, n- pretty much never wanting to be married.
0: Even though they're dating? Or yeah, uh, even, this, is, this is, like, for sure, like, a dating woman <laughs> that wants to get married. So not, like, hypothetical, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, she wants to get married. How long should she wait until she gets engaged?
1: Me, personally, I think, really... It depend. It really depends on your age. Your age kind of factors, but I think before third before the age of thirty, I think that two years should be way more than enough.
0: Before the age of thirty. Before the
1: age of thirty. Okay. After
0: the age of thirty,
1: I would say, um, kind of depending on your circumstance, but I'm like, okay, we a little bit older in the game. I think a year and a half, a year to a year and a half should be enough.
0: So should less be okay? Is less less okay? than that? Yeah.
1: No, that's why I said Like I think, you think, I think yeah, at least year, you need a year. Yeah, I think a year is the minimum. I think, but before before thirty, um a year is a minimum. Two years is the maximum.
0: Okay, and after thirty,
1: a year is still a minimum, but a year and a half should be the max. <laughs> so like six months difference. Yeah, like a per. Like I feel like when you get older, when you get past thirty, like not saying that you should have everything together. But the 20s was for you to go clubbing, you to kind of find yourself and, you yeah, I mean, do what you want to do. Now it's 30, like, it's time to get the ball moving, like... Women are trying to get married. Some of them they want to start families, and you know most people are getting out of either their master's program or you know they got their degree or their bachelor's degree, and they're kind of in a career already, and they're ready to get serious. They're ready to sell down. They want to buy. They want to buy a house. Nobody has time in their thirties for you to trying to be figuring you out. You know what I mean. So do
0: you think if a woman is not engaged to, by a year and a half, then she should leave?
1: After thirty, yeah, I think so because I think okay. a man. I think a man really a man should like if you're if you're really dating somebody, and I mean like really dating them, like you you've collected all the data you've met the family, you know what I mean? You guys have talked extensively about, you know, serious subjects like finances. You know, how do you see, do you see yourself having children in the future? Um, You know, how would you handle this situation? How would you handle that situation? I think a year is more than enough time for that and more than enough time for you to know, like, okay, this is the person that I kind of want to be, that I want to be with. Okay. Because like I said, again, the clock is ticking and like, and if you're unsure, like, just let her go, because not only are you wasting your time, you wasting her time. She could be finding somebody else. Period. That's serious. It's going to be serious about getting it in.
0: So, I think that under 30, I think it really just does depend on the age as well. Um, mm. I think, but if you're like 18, so you think an 18-year-old should be married by 20?
1: Personally, after two years. I know.
0: Yeah, so, even though we got married, even though we yeah, got married
1: nineteen,
0: <laughs> so so when you're saying under thirty, you're talking about like twenty five and up yeah,
1: or I'm, I'm talking, yeah, I'm talking about twenty five and up. So under thirty is about twenty five and up. I feel like once you get to the age of twenty five, you yeah, you know, I mean, you got a good grip on like if you want to get into something that serious because I think the problem too with our society now is like marriage is kind of like looked at guys, a joke in a sense where we look at celebrities, like celebrities will get married and then just get divorced as if it's just the thing to do. And I think that's why, I think because of that, I think that's why, like I
0: said, you see
1: now people in our generation, like I ain't getting married or I don't really need to get married.
0: But so how long should people under 25 wait? until they get married or do you think they should just wait so like if you're 18 and you're dating somebody should you just wait until you're 25 like what's the what's the limit here what's the time
1: if you're 18 and you're dating if a person if a person wants to get engaged to you i think you can get engaged i think that's i think that's fine but i wouldn't seal the deal and get married at least until you get hit
0: 25 so they could have a seven year relationship and then get married yeah yeah
1: I think that's feasible if you, start, <laughs> if you start that young. Yeah, you know what I mean. But don't be thirty and trying to have no like you. You gonna be thirty and trying to have a seven year dating. Yeah, you know that's I mean? crazy. That's, that's crazy.
0: Yeah, I I kind of agree with you, but I think like if I think you shouldn't get married before you're like twenty two or twenty three. Really though, twenty five is about a good age, honestly. To me, would we have go back and do twenty five? Probably not because we're us, but we're just different, you know. Yeah. But I think that. Anybody, you shouldn't you shouldn't wait longer than two years, especially if you know you want to be with somebody. Then I don't think you should wait longer than two years to get married. So I'm yeah. I'm with you on that. But yeah. I'm with you, t- longer than two years for twenty five or thirty. Honestly, yeah. Because what the heck is the point of that? I that's what I'm saying. Like
1: that's what I'm saying. You're just wasting time. Like you need you need more than
0: two years to figure that out. Yeah. You know what I mean. And so this next question kind of deals with that question as well. Um, so a lot of people might be like, okay, well, I'm going to just ask her or whatever. Now, how long should the engagement be?
1: Well, the I...
0: like it can an engagement be. So you waited two years to ask well, them to get married. Should the engagement be another two years? So now you got four years in.
1: No, no, no. It definitely should be. I would say the engagement at most should, should be a year. a year. Yeah, I because agree. Because I think it's, you know what I mean? If you want to have like an extravagant wedding, a year. You know what I mean? Yeah, You all you need is a year to save up for that. If you're, you know what I mean? If you really just
0: Unless to y'all really wedding. trying to ball out, but then you got a question. If it take you longer than a year to save up for your wedding, then. Like I don't know if your priorities. Well, I don't know. Let me not be judgmental. Yeah, because yeah. Let me not be judgmental. Yeah. Some people want the fancy, extravagant wedding.
1: Yeah, and like I said, I think a year is you know because like I said that year. Some people get engaged and they be engaged for like three years and it don't even be because of that. They or like be, ten years. Yeah, just be engaged. Like, what are you doing? But like I said, that's just wasting time. Yeah. Because you get engaged, that means that you're actually setting that plan, plan and for you plan setting that plan forth. To go ahead and, you know, start to, per, you know, prepare to walk down the aisle. Yeah. Um, and so that's what that year should be. That year should be planning out your honeymoon, putting a down payment, um, whether y'all going to have a big wedding or y'all going to elope um, or do you saving up money to, you know, we're going to get married and this is going to be the we saving up for this whole year for a down payment on the house. You know what I mean? All that stuff should be happening within that year.
0: Yeah, and it's enough time, really, to see who a person is, in a way. And to notice if there's any, like, red flags you need to run from. You feel me? Like, don't get married thinking you're going to change somebody. But that's another podcast for another time. So, let's get... That's a
1: taboo taboo question in itself.
0: Right. Okay. So, the next question. This one is kind of jumping ship to something else. So, what about the roles in marriage? Should women... We kind of talked about men being stay-at-home dads last time. Mm -hmm. But should women do all the cooking and all the cleaning? Mm, No. You don't think so? Really,
1: I I feel like the roles in marriage, like like I said in the last episode, like, our society has changed so much, you know, over the years. Back in the day, that was just, you know, women doing the cooking and cleaning. That was kind of the, for lack of a better word, that was like the highlight of like what they learned to do because most women <laughs> were becoming stay-at-home moms. That's what because, we was taught, how to yeah, sew and cook. The, yeah, because the men... <laughs> and have was, babies. Yeah, because back in the day, it was literally a, men's, a man's world. You know what I mean? They were making the top dollar. They were getting the top positions in companies. And so, naturally, women were becoming the homemakers and the stay-at-home moms and, you know, doing the cooking and the cleaning. But nowadays, to be quite honest, it just depends. Like, for the cooking, who who's the better cook out of you two? Period. You, you got a whole cookbook. So, what I look like stepping up in the kitchen, thinking I'm about to do something. Now, you know, every now and then, of course, I'll cook something here and there. I'm not cooking no souffle and no, <laughs> no flambé and no shrimp or nothing like that. I'm but, rolling. You know my I mean? <laughs> yeah, Yeah, you know what I mean? But... I'll cook something every now and then, but it's just like, what, why would I put on a hat to cook if we have a straight up chef in the house? That don't make any sense. He said, you
0: gonna make my sandwich, yeah. woman. No, nah, nah, I ain't kidding. say that loud, nah, just kidding.
1: And then like me on the flip side, like, for instance, like, you don't really like cleaning that much when it comes to like the dishes or like the laundry. So like I do, I handle the dishes and I do most of the laundry.
0: Yep. And it don't be folded, but it be washed Man, though.
1: Boy, it don't be folded. God help us. Jesus be It able.
0: does it does get <laughs> washed. So
1: oh, we got some clean clothes though. Did I it think
0: no. I think that um who does a majority of the work, it kinda just depends on what your relationship entails, you know? And the dynamics financially and the dynamics, you know, just in general. I think though for cooking and cleaning specifically, I personally like to cook, and I know a lot of men are kind of into the old school women cook. Um, cleaning though, I like to clean what I like to clean. I'm not cleaning. I'm not washing no dishes. I'm not, especially if I'm cooking. I'm not. I'm not even gonna look at the dishes. I'm act like they not there. I become Ray Charles and walk past them oh dishes. My gosh, okay. Not Ray Charles. Absolutely, I do. So. If y'all ask me when's the last time I washed dishes, (laughs) I don't even know. That's how long it's been. But you could also ask him when's the last time he cooked. And he don't know because that's how long it's been. But we also do both work. And then as for, like, the rest of our responsibilities, um, I don't know. It just depends. I just think that whatever works for the couple, but you guys need to have an honest discussion of, like, you know where the load is and you need to be feel both appreciated and both feel like you're contributing as well and so I don't believe that women should do everything I don't believe that if you stay home all day you should have to do all the cooking and cleaning because listen I'd rather work than stay home all day you know, mm-hmm. and so I think that being a stay-at-home wife or mom is like that's a like that's a huge responsibility. And even when I did stay at home, was the house spick and span every time? No, but it was it, it was presentable, I guess. But no, I'm just. But I
1: think that's the that's the other side too of being like a stay-at-home mom. Most people most people they look at stay-at-home moms like, well, you ain't doing nothing, so everything should be done. But Mm-mm. being a stay-at-home mom is a job within itself.
0: Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people think, oh, she's a stay at home mom, so I don't have to do anything with the with the kids. Like, no, these are still your children that you want to pour into, you know, like concept. she she might do most of the things like, OK, I'm planning their school things and making sure that they have the appropriate clothing and taking them to their extracurriculars. However, when it comes to spending time with your children, working on them with their homework, um, you know making sure they get their baths and stuff like that that i think that that responsibility should be split because just as if a man works eight hours during the day then hell the woman should be off after her eight hours during the day like how she got to work 24 hours around the day and then he got to work eight hours like okay you worked your eight hours i worked my eight hours come home take a break and then let's tackle this parenting thing together period
1: donald trump said that um I remember reading an article, he said, nah, I make the money, so, I make the money, and she can go out and take the kids in the stroller to Central Park <laughs> and throw the football.
0: I'm the rolling. <laughs> that's
1: what he said. But it's
0: like, you know, that's at your kid's expense. Kids want time with their father, yeah. and th- especially in this day and age, you know, it's just different. And it would be different if that was, like, the expectation where fathers don't really interact with their kids anymore. However, it's not like that anymore, you know? It mm. really isn't, like... Fathers are stepping up, and as they should. We both made these kids, and women is work, are working. And so let's all contribute to the health of our children. And, you know, dads are important. They are in more ways than one. So, yeah. So, stuff. let's go. How many questions should we do more? Two, three, what? Uh, let's do two more. Two more, okay. So... We just talked about the roles. How about this? Is a funny one, kind of. Who gets their plate first, the husband or the kids? I've seen this as an actual debate, and people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this goes back, but like, this question goes back to like old, tra- very like traditionalism. Like, of course, people are going to say the right answer is the husband because he's the head of the house and blah, blah, blah. I mean, to be quite honest, like, in this new day and age, to be quite honest, I don't care as long as I eat. most of the time when we when me and you like you know when you cook like it's it's much easier for me or it's more relaxing just to get the kids situated first and then me and you can sit down with each other and eat at the same pace that's that's just me though but yeah i think most traditionalists they'll say well the man should get the they should he should get the first plate and so on and so forth.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that it was more of like a... Back in the day, it was more of like a respect thing for the father. Like, this is our man of the house, and we respect him no matter what, and blah, 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 blah. And now, though, I don't know how... Like, I don't... Our kids usually do get their plates first in our our marriage, but I'm trying to decide, like, you know... I'm thinking of, in my own head, like is what message is that sending is that sending that kids come first but really to me it's not necessarily sending that message it's more like listen y'all are going to get this food and then y'all gonna be quiet and then me and you could you know enjoy things a little bit more but i feel like if i'm making your plate first and they got to sit there and then you halfway done eating you know yeah. and i'm making their plates and stuff so yeah And then they're eating, you know, I feel like if they get a little head start, then they could be done and we could start, you know, I don't know, kind of what you said.
1: Yeah, like I said, I just think that, I think that's one of those traditionalism, traditionalist type things that don't even really hold that much meaning, meaning anymore. If I'm not mistaken, I think that meaning comes from back in the day, like when there were kings, you know, and nobody ate until the king sat down and, you know, started to eat first. Or whatnot, because the king was the head of whatever country or whatever kingdom or whatnot, and so, like I said, then people kind of just brought that into their own tradition. And since the man is the household, as the man is the head of the household, the man is the king of this kingdom. You know, let's all sit and you know, have a seat when he has a seat. But yeah, you know, to be quite honest, that's yeah, really old school. <laughs> yeah, it's not that serious to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I said, am I gonna eat? That's that's all I care about.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I guess it just depends on what message you want to portray to your kids and what the reasoning is as to what people are going to choose to do. Okay, so let's get our last question, which is prenups. Are prenups okay? What do you think, you know, for your everyday people or your celebrities or, mm. you know? Um, I actually
1: think, I mean, all the while we don't have a prenup, I actually think prenups are, the more and more, the more and more I talk to people that like go through divorces and like, you know, just hear things about people's relationships. I think prenups should be a thing that couples should actually talk about. Why? Is because if something, if something does happen, which the divorce rate in America is at 50%. So you have a one. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you might as well get a prenup. It's yeah, yeah, not a like one two chance of something going wrong, and just in case something goes wrong, a prenup is just a good thing to have because it X's out all the bickering and and fighting and like just crazy stuff that's right. going
0: on. Everything is written out in the prenup. Yeah,
1: everything is already separated. Like i was i just looking at an article today about Kevin Costner. If you if nobody knows who that is, for all my Yellowstone fans out there. Oh, man, Yellowstone is such a good show. Um, but Kevin Costner and his wife are going through the debate. Also, also another random fact. I don't know if anybody knows. <laughs> what? Kevin Costner, Kevin Costner is actually from Compton. So, shout out. Shout I don't out, even know who Kevin Costner is. Oh my gosh. You don't be knowing celebrities, Okay. He's the dad in Yellowstone. He was... Um, you ever seen the movie The Bodyguard with Whitney Houston? No. Oh my gosh. Anyway, he was the bodyguard and The Bodyguard. He played Superman's dad in The Man of Steel. But anyway... <laughs> Him and his wife are going through, like, a very, like, public divorce and, like, it's been going on for, I think, almost, like, a year or some change now of them, like, trying to decide how to split this stuff. Dang. And so that's why I think a prenup is a great thing because it exits out all the bitterness, all the everything. You know what I mean? It's yeah. while
0: y'all in love you making the prenup, <laughs> right? Because
1: like I said, I, I've seen people even regular, even regular people. Now, like when you're a celebrity, of course, like celebrity. When you're a celebrity, you got a little bit of money, you got something to really lose. Then prenups are really at the forefront. But uh, regular people like us, like us, a couple thousandaires or whatnot. We don't really...
0: Yeah, Not a thousand. Yeah, we don't really look at...
1: We don't really look at... We don't know way to, to be millionaires, though, but we don't really be looking at prenups like that because we're like, what do we got? But, like, man, <laughs> I've, I've heard stories and talked to guys that are, like, entering divorces and, like, you know, when it comes to, like, well, who's going to get the house and how's this going to work out? And it's just, like... It's just, some, it's just a place I just, would, I just wouldn't want to be in.
0: Yeah. And I think that you should even put in your prenup before you have kids. Like, you know, even custody agreements and, you know, and are your kids going to continue to have the same lifestyle? Like, because what's wild to me is that a man could be rich, right? And then the wife and the husband, the wife and the husband, um, leave each other and then the man gets all his money or whatever and the wife literally gets left with nothing and the kids are struggling and he don't be seeing his kids and stuff Mm. that is just so wild to me so i feel like dang why you gotta struggle you got a rich dad that's that is crazy or you know why do you have to struggle and you have a rich mom so i think that kids should i mean it doesn't have to be the exact same lifestyle but i think that they should lead a lifestyle that is you know similar at their both parents house like oh we when we go to daddy house we get everything we want when we go to mama house we gotta eat top ramen like that's a wild wow. that's wild 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 but anyway so that was really the last question and i agree with you honestly i used to be like oh prenup is like setting yourself up for failure but really it's like setting yourself up for success yeah, it's
1: insurance. <laughs> like if you like nobody buys a brand new car and say well i, I don't think i need insurance because you know I'm going to try my best to make sure nothing happens to the car. But you just never know. Over time, people change. Over time, perspectives change. And, you know, (laughs) no, seriously. And, you know, it's
0: so funny, too. People will be like, you going out with the same shoes you had. If you had biscuits stepping in here, you walking out with biscuits. I'm like, dang, like they didn't support your career or watch your kids or sit up, stay up at night with you thinking, you know, Mm -hmm. about ideas and stuff. So that's just wild. But, yeah so
1: so but like i said that's yeah i think it's a good thing now you're about to say that you're about to do our roots and bloom segment but absolutely. actually go ahead And i think let's table what you what you have because i just i have thought of a topic that i want to talk about the kids in our roots and bloom section
0: how dare he try and take my roots and blooms? well topic? we can
1: talk about what you're going to talk about next week but this just really came to mind because i was I've been thinking about this for the past okay. couple of days but this is our roots and blooms section Uh, This is our parenting section for those of you that tune in for the first time. Um, But what I really want to talk about is, you know, our children's experiences while they're kids versus the experiences that we had as kids. Okay. Um, And what I mean by that is, like, recently, like, our kids this week, they have, like, their Scholastic, like, book sale going on the
0: book fair yes. yeah, yeah the
1: books of the book fair and I don't know about you but when I was a kid like bruh I used to want to get like every book that was in the book fair and I just remember like going through just looking at the books and you know the books that used to come with things and the 3d books and all this type stuff um but when I was a kid like of course y'all know my story you know my mom was a single mom seven kids so like we ain't have that much money for me to just be like, let me go in here and ball out and get tw- walk out of here with twenty books.
0: Were you allowed to get
1: a you know book? Know I, mean? um, I honestly don't remember getting any books from a book fair.
0: Okay, now we gotta ask your mama.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm she'll not... be like,
0: she's gonna be like, Bet, can I tell you got books? <laughs>
1: I don't. I, I just do not recall. Okay. And if I if I did if I did get a book from a book fair. Um, The only book I remember, the book I remember having when I was young was a Jules Verne book. I had 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. It was really the first book I bought. That's what really, you know, if if there was like a centralized book where I was like, ooh, this just really sparked my interest. Like before Harry Potter and all that stuff, it was 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea.
0: Okay. Um, So I
1: might have gotten that from a book fair. I'm not too sure. But from my recollection, like I remember just going through the book fairs and just remembering like, man, I really want this book. I want that book. And really not being able to get it. Oh. And so, but now, but like I said, but now fast forward, now we have our own kids. And, you know, we're raising our kids much different than how we were raised, being 90s kids and that. And we're kind of, you know, raising them with gentle parenting. But now, like, my objective is, like, I want to give them all the experiences that I really never had. In a sense, just kind of living my childhood through them. Or Aww. what do you say, like, healing... What do you say, like... Healing your inner child? Yeah, healing my inner child. So, like, once I heard the book fair is coming up, I was like, oh, for sure, like, I'm about to make sure they... I'm about to make sure they... Now you can create, like, e-wallets and ha- they can have their own account where they just go to the store and buy in the books that they want. I'm like, I'm gonna make sure, like, I got the money so I can put the ac- the money in their account and they could just really go just ball out at the book fair and stunt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Get whatever they want.
0: Yeah. And so... Aww. So you a little bit of your inner child was healed. Oh yeah, definitely. But my
1: inner child, like everything that we've done with our kids so far, like I, like a lot of like when I be telling people like where we taking our kids, a lot of people be like, "Dang, your your kid has traveled more than me, and I'm 40. Yeah, Like, we've taken them to Hawaii with us. They've been to New York, to Texas, Atlanta. Denver like they've been they've been on a plane quite some time
0: but now we gotta get the only trip they remember is is Texas but it says that I, I saw a quote thing or not a quote a video that talked about um you know people say oh you shouldn't do things for your kids they're not gonna remember they're not gonna remember but it basically says when you do things for your kids it imprints in their like subconscious essentially and it imprints in their brain and they still have that emotional feeling and so it's kind of like when a kid is a baby and you take care of the baby and you make sure the baby's needs are met and you make sure the baby is safe and you hold them and things like that and it's not that they're going to remember that but their body remembers that their brain mm. remembers that their they were you know their their responses are are remembering that essentially and so Um, when we, when we took them on those experiences, not that they could actually remember it, but their body remembers that. They remember feeling love. They remember feeling safe. They remember, you know, all those things. They remember being able to try new things. And so, I think that that's interesting. So, that first birthday party, throw the first birthday party. For real. Throw the first birthday party. Take them on the plane ride. Take them on everything. Do everything with them. But, yeah, so... Um, that was a little sidebar, but back to the book fair, my childhood was the opposite. My mom would send me to the school with a blank check, and I was literally able to get every book I wanted, and I was a bookaholic, so I literally used to come home with a backpack full of books, honestly. Hmm. And I just I'm so sad for you that you just didn't get that experience, you know. That's all good. And oh, Poo Poo, don't cry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm the worst. Huh. Mm-hmm. I'm the absolute worst. But yeah, and then also, you know how like they send a little magazine home. Did you get to get something from the little the little booklet? Like circle the one you wanted,
1: and she orders it. Um, that's what I'm saying. I don't can't remember. I don't. Yeah, I don't recall that. Like I remember getting the. I remember getting the books and like looking through them. Matter of fact, I I've, now I vividly remember looking through them and saying like, "Ooh, when we go to the actual book, you know, you get the magazine, you look through it, and then when you go back to school, they, you know, you go into the library for that time or whatever, and you see all the books. I just remember like seeing the book that I wanted in the magazine, and then getting to the book fair and like saying like, "Ooh, I'm gonna go look at it so I can see it." Physically,
0: oh, that is. I'm sorry, that's so sad to me, but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is what it is. Like I said,
1: I'm living through my kids now, so okay,
0: okay. (laughs) My, um, and then so, anyways, when the little catalog came home, that I just used to get to circle all the ones I wanted, and my mom used to order all of them. Every last one of them. I already told you guys, my mom was literally like the mom of people's dreams, okay honestly. She didn't hit us. She didn't yell at us. She didn't tell us how much we were annoying her and getting on her nerves. Listen, it's not a day goes by that my kids don't know that they got on my nerves for the day. And I wish I could be half the woman my mom is. And you know, I'm trying, I'm breaking a lot of chains and doing a lot of things, you know, differently. However, I don't think I could ever amount to her as a person. She was so sweet and kind and loving and things like that. But... What else do you want to say about our experiences, baby? You want to highlight another one?
1: Well, no, I mean, that's that's really just the gist of it. It's just like, you know, being a parent, like, you know, being before we had kids, like, I never really thought of, you know, like, my past experience as a kid and, like, what I was able to do and what I wasn't able to do until we had kids and they became this age where I'm like, oh, you know, we're going to put them in sports or, like, when I was a kid, like I really had an affinity for music and just like, you know, like when I got to a certain age, when I you know got 16 and got my first job, like I saved up money and bought my own keyboard because I always wanted a keyboard and, and taught myself how to play piano. But, you know, when I was a kid, like, man, if I was just able to get into like music classes, like when I was six or seven. You know, I'd probably be further ahead in in learning piano than I am now. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just really just just, you know, just really thinking about the experiences that, you know, I may not have got to see. But now being a parent, like just wanting to do my best to give them the experiences that, you know, I wasn't able to get. I wasn't able to have, you know, even like I said, just just as simple as them being even though they was what they were what one and almost two years old and we took them to Hawaii my first time to get on the plane, I was 22. You
0: Damn. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's and wild. so,
1: you know, I, I and I, I just really love that experience. As I look back on the pictures of how little they were, and man, I mean, sure, it was a hassle, and it was interesting, like, traveling with them, being so little, and, like, not being able to do a bunch of stuff, and, like, having to have the car seat and the stroller and all that stuff, but, man, like, not only just for them, it's just memories for me, and connecting myself with, like, oh, my first time in Hawaii was... With my kids, like I have my kids with me. Um, That's so cute. So yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to really just touch on that because, like I said, I've just been thinking about um you know just their experiences and how they're gonna see life when they grow up. Um, for the past couple of days, really with this book fair.
0: Yeah. You know what
1: I mean, or even like you know back in the day, like you know even the smallest thing like last year, I always had this dream like oh when I have kids they're gonna play sports and I'm a coach I'm a coach one of their teams. <laughs> and last year we put August, we put both of them in soccer. But I had to end up becoming the the coach for August's soccer team. My brother Greg, he helped me out. He was a, he was my assistant coach. Matter of fact, shout out to him because he used to drive pretty pretty much. He used to drive from L A. coming to the Inland Empire um, every week just to help me coach and you know be a coach at the games but bruh you know just that experience of like oh man i was a coach you know i was my i was a coach for his team <laughs> that was interesting in itself because at that time august was four and the other boys was four too. him bruh, coaching four-year-olds that was an experience
0: yeah that's wild we'd
1: be trying to have practice and they looking up at the sky as, with an airplane going by and <laughs> just off in la la land but like i said even that was an experience
0: yeah so yeah i agree with you and um Having experiences for my kids is more like they only have one childhood and I want to make it a memorable childhood and I don't want them to remember me as, oh man, mom was always angry, she was always yelling. Or you, you know, like that. Dad was always angry. Dad was always yelling. I want them to feel uh, safe and loved and affirmed in their childhood. But I also want them to know that they had boundaries and discipline. And that, you know, most of the things we were doing was for their betterment. And you really only get one childhood. You only get 18 childhood birthdays with with your kid. You only get 18 summers. With mm-hmm. with you know as as they are a kid, you only get you know eighteen book fairs. Actually, they might have two book fairs a year, huh? You only get thirty six book fairs. Yeah. But still, you know there's only so many times that we get to make those core child memories and then add in the fact that they will be teenagers at 13 and they care less about what their parents think of them right now they just all they care about is us you know and then when they become like 13 and 14 it becomes more about what their peers think and you know all those things and so if you're going to make an impact on your child The the ages from first of all, the ages from zero to four is imperative, even though you think they're not going to remember. That's imperative. And then from the ages of four to 13 is imperative. People wonder, like, oh, my kid is out of control as a teenager. They don't talk to me. I guarantee you that those teenage years and what your child is like as a teenager has a lot to do with how they were parented from zero to Mm. four and four to 13. And so. You know, that's my lecture for the day. That's Welcome good, to my TED talk.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's good. And last, just lastly, for me, just speaking on experiences, um, also too, being a parent. You know, what I mean, even you being a parent now, you might be in a situation where you're not, you're, you're kind of still not at the point where you want to, you want to do everything for your kids, but you can't, and you're kind of doing your best. Because also thinking about my childhood and me becoming a parent now and doing what I can for my kids. Like, I really got to give a shout-out to my mom because, just like you said, like, we only have one childhood. And my mom had me when she was 17, so my mom had me when she was a child. And from then from then on, she had the other rest of my seven siblings, I mean, well, six siblings, me included a seven. And, like, I'm just thinking about even the experiences that I did have as a child. I, I, I never want to paint, like, I just had this horrible childhood. Like, my mom did what she could, and, like, you know... I've had I have great memories of you know what my mom was able to do and one thing about my mom like even the little that she had like she always made a way I mean she was gonna get something done back in the day like you know school is kind of different now like they don't really let you have birthday parties any, anymore like post COVID and like school shootings and stuff like that but I just remind I just remember like my birthdays my mom showing up. With the red with the with just the gallon red punch, the red drink <laughs> and the cupcakes, like, oh, we on. You know what I mean? From from McNair Elementary to Roosevelt Elementary. Like my mom was there. So Yeah, I mean, those those are the memories I share. So again, yeah. if you're if you're a parent out there, man, just just have a little grace in yourself and um you know, just try to do your best. As long as you're doing your best to give your kids what you can and to make sure that they have memorable experiences and they can just look back on and smile. That's really all that matters.
0: And also, there's lots of free things and cheap things you could do. Like, take it, one of the things, and we don't have no money. Listen, our kids are up in smart, okay? Mm-hmm. Look at the animals. They think it's a zoo. And then <laughs> Dollar Tree. Let your kids go to Dollar Tree and pick out a couple of things. Have a coloring day, a coloring competition. You could watch movies. Have a movie day with popcorn um there's lots of little cheap things go to the park have a picnic at the park you could literally pack sandwiches and sit at the park kids are really simple and so you know if when you have more money of course you want to do more extravagant things for your children but when you don't have a lot of money then you know you make it work and there's been times where we've been loaded and we can go to uh hawaii and then there's been times where we are doing dollar tree and we are doing pet smart yeah you know and or so just, or just
1: taking them on a bus remember that day i took the kids on, on the bus ride oh my god
0: they love that yeah
1: now me like as a kid and growing up in confident i was looking at 125 going up and down rosecrans um you know i just be yeah that's what we had to do but i remember taking my kids on a bus just taking them past like the airport on the bus and going up the street and just coming back down. They're just so fascinated by how that worked, the city bus, how the city bus worked. So,
0: yeah, but yeah, you just have to be creative. Yep. You're ready to switch it up.
1: Yep. All right. Now we're going to move on to our lifestyle segment. So this is the segment where we talk about current events, trending topics and just, you know, things that might be on my mind. Um, but today we're going to be talking about something that's kind of taken the weekend by storm and it's, if you haven't seen it yet, it's um, a mini-documentary or mini-docuseries by Kirk Franklin. Um, and it's called Father's Day, which is also the title of his album that'll be coming out on October
0: 6th. And I cried my eyeballs out.
1: Man, I mean, it was, uh, th- like I said, this, this, this documentary, so you can find it on YouTube. Just type in Kirk, Frank- Kirk Franklin Father's Day. It's only about 30 minutes, but bruh. This probably had to be the most emotional, immediate 30 minutes I've ever had watching something. Um, and I just, like, I i never knew that Kirk Franklin was adopted. I was like, I never knew this part of his life or anything.
0: Me either. All
1: I knew is the, do you want a revolution? Smile. <laughs> Brighter day. Yeah, that's all I, like, I just know him. I know him for making them hits. Making them them gospel slappers. Period. Yeah. You know, like I said, I, you, I really encourage people to really go watch it because there's there were so many gems and so many nuggets in it. But the gist of the the docu series is that Kirk Franklin was adopted. Um, he was raised by like a, a very distant like relative in his family, um, but he didn't you know he didn't have a relationship with his biological mother and he didn't know who his biological father was. Um, and so, in this docu series, it goes through pretty much his journey of actually finding his biological father. And in turn with it, like he actually thought the craziest thing to me was he actually thought that the, the uh, that one certain uh, guy was his actual biological father. And the man like passed away, and like I guess Kirk like felt like some type of like you know he felt like some kind of guilt and shame because you know, I think he just kind of laid on that man like you know you weren't there for me, and that man went to the grave thinking that Kirk was his child, and it turns out that he wasn't. Yeah, like.
0: And that's, that's a, wild and imagine the burden that man carried yeah
1: so but man it, 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 it what was just emotional about it was kirk goes through how he was raised like i said we were talking about like childhood experiences how he was raised the things that he wasn't able to experience like just just birthday parties like i talked about my mom coming into the school bringing them cupcakes you know making a way just doing what she can like he was just saying like you know he didn't even have any birthdays and you know he just grew up and just had this like you know kind of like not being wanted type of mentality and type of feeling um and just always just kind of searching and yearning for that that father figure um and it, it's really just amazing just knowing how far he's come in his career and being a gospel artist and just this transcendental this just this mega artist um and that he's all that he's been able to accomplish but also just having this baggage in his life um, and it really, you know, brings out the humanity in them. Yeah. Oftentimes you look at celebrities and we think that like celebrities are kind of larger than life. Like, you know, bad things just don't happen to them. Or I don't never it,
0: think that, but most people do. Yeah. Like,
1: you yeah, soci- know, like, yeah, just, that's just how society runs. Like, that's why these celebrities have 600 million followers on Instagram and stuff. We think of them as like this untouchable, you know, just character. You know what I mean? Like there's no really humanity to them, but Watching this docuseries, like, it just really puts into perspective that, bruh, Kirk Franklin is just like me. You know, he's going through emotions. He's going through feelings and thoughts that I've had. Some of them that I've had myself. You know, and dealing like with my relationship with my dad. And, bruh, it, it was just a touching docuseries. But I'm curious, like, how, how did that affect you, like, as a woman watching the, the, the documentary?
0: Well... I, I, you know, I can't really relate because not directly, I should say, because, you know, I, I grew up with my father and things like that. And I didn't deal with, uh, the feeling of being unwanted or rejected or anything like that. Um, however I am, I'm an empath. And so I really feel other people's pain deeply. And so I just was like hurt that. I just felt so sad for this man and I felt so devastated that he went his whole life feeling rejected and not feeling wanted and dealing with with his insecurities and and it it not only transferred into his marriage but it transferred onto his children Mm. and all those things Mm -hmm. and so that part really did um it, it just made me feel really sad for him and then um the part that really got me was when he said that trophy line I don't remember if you remember the exact line but it was basically like I I'd give all give away all my trophies just to have somebody to want me or something Something like that, but really broke my heart when he said that. And then the mom, I mean. Oh man, she's a, woo, she's a piece. Huh? Yeah, I I mean, I guess we don't want to give a give away. Uh, what is it called a giveaway? away? Yeah, we don't well, want to. I mean, do we can talk about it. We maybe. don't want to do a do a spoiler. But the mom really definitely was a trip, and I just <laughs> a trip. That's I just honestly, idea. I just don't think you, <laughs>
1: And people, Auntie, Auntie San, Sandra. Yeah,
0: but I think <laughs> I think people parent. Honestly, I think parents do the best that they can at that moment. Like, I know that that's an unpopular opinion because some people were treated like dirt on the bottom of somebody's shoe. But I think that what a person is emotionally capable of giving you is what they gave you at that time. And so I just think that his mom must have had some, like, I would like to know her story, you know? She must have had some severe trauma in her life, even to get, because I heard that she had him at, like, 14 or something like that, and the dad was, like, 14, so that's why I was thinking, y'all almost look the same age, him and his dad. And so just imagine, like, I don't know, Just I just don't understand what she might have went through, but she is a very... She needs some help.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, I thought that like I thought maybe like she's giving off kind of like a narcissistic like vibe. That's what I was gonna get from because even like towards the end, like when he was like trying to bring her the the you know bring her the actual results of that he actually got the test results and found his biological father, she was like, oh, I don't believe it you know what i mean and then like even he wouldn't even got a second test with her and she was still like well i don't believe it i don't it's not true
0: i was like what i don't think i don't think it was narcissism i think she just couldn't accept the truth kind of thing i don't know
1: but why i say narcissism is because even afterwards like after you read the credits you know it was saying like giving pretty much giving us an update he was saying like you know he's been keeping in contact with his father now that he found him and he was like Him and his mom haven't talked back to each other or he reached out to his mom and she hasn't talked back to him like lady. And before that, they hadn't they hadn't spoken with each other in twenty three years.
0: Yeah, I think that she's just not capable of giving love. Honestly. Mm. Just imagine imagine what her childhood was like. Do you think a person coming from a healthy family background could act like that? You know what I mean? Mm, okay, I get what you're saying. And so, it's hurt people hurt people. And so, obviously, she's come from some traumatic background, and I don't know what it is. Not that that makes it better, but at this point, Kirk Franklin is 53 years old, and she's probably old, too, as well. And at some point, so you what, know, you 60, do... what,
1: 67?
0: Yeah, at some <laughs> point, you do have to take ownership for your own actions and stuff. However it always comes to play a part which is why we're so big on parenting and parenting our kids right <laughs> yeah.
1: but yeah man like i said i just encourage you guys to, to watch that there was like i said it's a lot of gold nuggets in there um it just it really just revolves around it just hits you in a bunch of places there's forgiveness in that there's restoration you know not only just in the part when he find he actually finds his biological father and they're trying to you know restore that uh they were trying to restore our, our creator relationship, but also I don't know if you guys remember, like Kirk Franklin was in the news like a few years ago or a couple years ago because of a, con- a a phone conversation that got out with, with his son. He done yeah. cussed that boy yeah. out, okay? <laughs> Bruh, that took me back because I was that was another that was another part where I was just like, oh, Kirk Franklin, like he a real like he, a he hood, a real <laughs> he, a, he a regular because he was giving he was giving that same, I mean, he was cussing he was giving him a good old Baptist cursing too. I said, oh snap. Not a Baptist person. <laughs> them down south, them down south Baptists in, in the old days. Oh, bro. really, you shouldn't
0: be talking to your kids like that. Period.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So like, there was a hurt st- people, you know, hurt people. Yeah, there, that's what I'm saying. There was a an angle of just forgiveness and reconciliation, like with him and his son, and then they give us an update of like him and his son rebuilding their relationship, while also he's starting to you know build a relationship with his father and. Bro, that I think that that part when he actually, you know, met up with his dad and gave his dad the results, bruh, like that's what really got me because the dad was like, bruh, man, I'm you know, if I would have known like and, and his dad like his dad looked like a you know pretty decent guy. You know what I mean? He had like a pretty nice house, and it only makes me think like, man, had he known that he had a son out there, like, he, he looked like he would have been, been a been good, there. Yeah, he, he looked like he would have been a great dad. A great dad to him, but Man, I mean, I'm just I'm just glad that you know that he found his dad and that now he's building that relationship and um, you know he's he's really getting healed. There's a line. There's another line that really stuck out to me where he was just saying like he always knew himself broken, but who is he healed? You know? Yeah. Like he's always just kind of carried this throughout his life, as, you know, as a broken person and just trying to overcome that. But now he's gotten to this point. He's gotten to this goal line where he's. You know, he's, he's, he's feeling like a completeness because he's, he's officially met his father. Now they're building this relationship and now he's just, there's a new frontier to navigate of like a healed person, you know, from, from this, this traumatic journey that he's been on of just the unknown. Yeah. Um, But amazing story. It
0: was, it was as moving as that Will Smith scene. And what? in Fresh Prince. Why he don't want me, Uh -uh. man? Man, that, that 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 gonna make you cry right now. Boy, if we watch that, that boy, right now, we are gonna be in the bed crying and holding each other. That
1: boy was in his acting bag, all right, Willard Willard <laughs> Smith,
0: Bruh. But and Lou, that
1: was his that was his dad name, Lou.
0: But hey, you know what? Back to Kirk. You know, a good thing too is his dad is not even trying to come for his money, cause let's listen. If I had a a famous child i'm coming for that money well that's the crazy i'm thing. coming for that money asap rocky okay <laughs> yeah, that's
1: the crazy thing because he said that you know a lot of people through his story like a lot of people already knew his story that he was adopted so he said over the years there's just been so many men that have tried to come forward and say oh i'm your dad <laughs> 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 which is crazy right
0: that crazy mama hell they might have been
1: that that was crazy but <laughs> yeah but yeah um but like i said, man, again. Um, the docu series is called Kirk Franklin Father's Day, um, and then like I said, he has an album coming out with the same title um October six, and
0: let's get into that album October six. Right, I, can't man, wait. I know, like, I know. He put his heart and soul in this album. Okay,
1: bruh,
0: and then just imagine all the. Sorry, we we just can't stop. We can't stop. Imagine as all that his team is going through this with them and and hearing the story with them and the raw emotions we felt from watching it and they were there you know as all this is going on so I know all the rawness is going to be in this album and I'm I'm just prepared to just be crying okay and I'm not even well I've been a crier recently but I'm not even a crier like that it's healthy to cry no it's healthy Listen, I'm only crying because my brother went on to Zion. Oh, come on, cry with me. No. Let's cry after this. No. All right. So, is that it? Now yeah, get, that's, that's give it. Give him your spill. Give that's him your spill. It. He got a spill at the end, guys. Yeah.
1: Well, my spill is um, again, we just thank you for tuning in uh, to this podcast. We know that there's a million other podcasts you could be listening to, anybody from Joe Rogan to NPR. Um, but you sitting here kicking it with us you talk about relationships and and current events so we really appreciate it um if you can if you're on apple or spotify or even our website just go ahead and rate us give us five stars hopefully this is a five-star episode it better be a five-star five-star discussion five-star topics <laughs> to really you know really really just uh, challenge you and you know really really get your mind running Um, but also leave us comments if there's maybe a topic that you want to hear or a topic that you just want to hear our perspective on or for us to discuss for a future episode let us know or maybe you just want to hit the comments and just say man I love you know, just hearing you guys. I, I love, love Kristen. Perspective, she's so funny. First perspective. She is. My my wife is a, is a good comedian. And like i said, <laughs> some, like i said in the beginning, like I've done a couple of podcasts, you know, previous, but this is really my wife's first outing of like, you know, doing a podcast, recording her voice. And there was a lot of hesitancy in the beginning, but she's really becoming a natural now. So I'm just very proud of her in that. Um, but yeah, again, <laughs> we just thank you guys for tuning in. Um, as always, we hope that you have a great rest of the week. Um, we'll see you next Thursday, same place, same time. God bless. God bless.
0: Hello, this is Kristen.
1: No,
0: and, and you're listening to The Crafted Podcast. Listen, I think we are getting super good at our introduction there. You know? Yeah, we're kind of in unison now. I think so.